Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Hashtag Clocked In with me, your host, Jordan Edwards. I'm thrilled to have you tune in as we dive into the dynamic world of productivity, success, and stories of incredible individuals who've mastered the art of getting things done. Whether you're commuting, hitting the gym, or just relaxing at home, this podcast is the go-to source for inspiration and actionable tips to level up your productivity game. I'm on a mission to unravel the secrets of those who seem to effortlessly manage their time and achieve their goals. So if you're ready to clock in and unlock your full potential, you're in the right place. We've got a lineup of amazing guests, industry experts, and thought leaders who will share their insights and strategies to help us crush your to-do list and make the most out of every moment. Get ready to get inspired, motivated, and equipped with the tools you need to supercharge your productivity. This is Hashtag Clocked In with Jordan Edwards. Let's dive in. What's up? It's Clocked In with Jordan Edwards here. Hey, what's going on, guys? I got a special guest here, Aaron Golub. He's the first blind NCAA football player and NFL free agent. Today, though, he's a speaker and entrepreneur. Aaron, welcome. Hey, thanks so much for having me here. Really looking forward to this and going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. We're excited to have you here on the Clocked In podcast. So where did you grow up? Tell us a little bit about your childhood and where that all started. Yeah, so I grew up outside of Boston in uh, Newton, Massachusetts, and uh, and like you said, I I was born legally blind, uh, grew up with no vision in my right eye and very limited in my left, and it's it's something I've lived with my entire life and and just kind of dealt with it from a very young age. Does it run in your family at all, or? I mean, technically it is like a hereditary um, disease, but it's also extremely rare, so no one that we know of in my family, like someone must have had it, but you know generations and generations ago um in my family yeah so then so then you're born completely blind in your right eye Mm -hmm. limited visibility in the left eye right Mm -hmm. yeah so how did zach growing up and like how did your parents provide an impact to you yeah i mean both my mom and my dad were always huge supporters in the sense of like they would challenge me. They wouldn't just do something for me. And so if something was difficult, whether it be something as simple as like tying your shoes as a little kid or like learning to cook or, or find something, they wouldn't just necessarily do it for me. They'd rather see me struggle and learn and grow from it and then help me, you know, if I needed it down the road. But that was, that was what they did. And it, I think it was, had a huge impact on kind of how I faced challenges and, and obstacles later on in life. Yeah. And I, I think that's so powerful because we're in an age where everyone just wants to help everybody give it to them right away. And for them to provide you with the challenge and say, Aaron, let's step up. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Provides a good value. So then you go on, you're going through school and then seventh grade football comes along. Right. Mm-hmm. How is that? How is that for you? You know, I played a lot of sports growing up and nothing stuck or at least team sports didn't really stick. Like I yeah. you know, was never very good, never the best athlete. And, uh, and I always loved football. And, and so I started playing in seventh grade and I wasn't very good. I was undersized also. And, but it didn't matter because it, when you're seventh grade, you know, you're what, like 12 years old or something. Like it doesn't, you're learning the game. You're a part of a team. Like it's, it's, it doesn't matter if you're good or bad because everyone's learning. No one's that great. And so 
that was fine. And I was an offensive defensive lineman and you know, that it was what it was. And for the first like three or so years or four years, I didn't really play much. I played some at the end of games or some during games, but you know, never a ton. And it was during my 10th grade year that I was just like, I can't deal with this anymore. I want to be playing. I want to play in varsity. I want to play in college. I want to play division one. Like I'm, I'm sick of this. And so I was a third string junior varsity offensive defensive lineman. I basically just said like, what can I do to play division one football? And I found long snapping and I kind of made two decisions. First off, if I got good enough at long snapping, I might have an opportunity. Someone might give me a shot. And secondly, in order to be as good as everyone else, I need to work 10 times as hard as them. And so from then on out, I would wake up at 5 a.m. every day, go practice long snapping before school, go to school, go to practice, lift weights every day after school. And, you know, on the weekends would lift and practice snapping as well, because I knew that I needed to do what others weren't doing when they weren't around if I wanted to be successful. Yeah. And was there someone that said something to you that inspired you with that? Or where did that inner drive come from? No, I mean, I, I definitely had coaches who were very helpful and, and fans of mine and, and were willing to do what they could, but it was an internal thing. And I think that, you know, I talk about this a lot. There's, there's a big difference between internal motivation and external motivation. And people who have external motivation, it's great for like, if I go to the gym tomorrow morning and say, hey, I want to bench press a lot of weight or I want to squat a lot of weight, having an external motivator of thinking of like, this is what someone else said, or, or I'm mad or whatever can help you get through that short, short spurt for that, you know, 30 seconds, a minute, five minutes, an hour, whatever it might be. But in order to do something for years on end and have that motivation to keep going, it has to be something internal. It has to be something that you want to do for your own reasons. Not like I want to do something to prove others wrong or, or I want to do something because someone said this, it has to be, I want to do this because I love doing this and I want to prove myself right that I can do this. And if you have a long-term big goal like that, it's going to be really hard to achieve if it's all external motivation. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I, I actually ended up doing a marathon back in 2019. And when I was doing that, you don't train for a marathon on the side. <laughs> like it, you got to yeah. train uh, throughout and be rigorous with it. And, but my whole point about that being with the marathon is that, it, it becomes a mindset inside of you. So when you were doing this with you, this 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade, where was it you always wanted to go D1? You always wanted to really see that vision through? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think I was, you know, at the time you can probably say like pretty stubborn about it, but now you look back and you're like, he had a goal and, and it was awesome. But um, you know, I talked to a few schools that were lower levels like D2 and D3, and there's nothing wrong with playing D2 and D3. It just, it wasn't what I wanted to do. I just, for some reason, had no interest in that. And I wanted to only play division one. And, you know, I, I, you could say that I limited my options in that way. Cause I definitely did. But at the same time, you know, I went all out and I contacted like literally every one division one school in the country you know, sending them multiple emails until they told me no or calling them. Like I, it was literally my first attempt, like first job prospecting, you know, it was my first sales job. Like I was selling myself to college football coaches. There was like one instance where I didn't hear back from someone. I literally show, I was in the state for some reason, like visiting family. I just showed up on the campus at the football office and was like, Hey, like I've you know contacted so-and-so like I'd love to chat. I'm around. 
and they were like, Hey, like he's busy. He can, you know, meet you in two hours. And so I just like walked around campus for two hours and showed back up and they were like, shit, he's still here. And then they met with me because I stayed. (laughs) I love it. I love it. And this is the type of drive that's needed to get to that next level because yeah, you can always believe in yourself and believe anything's possible, but unless you put yourself out there and removing that fear of rejection, because what is rejection? It's, it's nothing like you never had it beforehand. Like the the reason that people are afraid of rejection is because they're afraid of other people's opinions. They're, they, they, they're too into their ego of like, if someone says no, if someone doesn't want me on their team, if someone, if I, I get rejected from this company, if I ask this girl out on a date and she says no, you know, how will this make me look? And when most people think of like the word ego, they think of someone who's like very arrogant. And, and yes, that is true in some sense of the word, but your ego also relates to like just your, your feelings of things that kind of can hold you back as well. And so people just have an inflated ego of like, people are going to think of me, people are going to make fun of me. What are others going to think? And it's realistically like, no one else cares. You know, you ask that girl out on a date and she says, no, she's not going to think of you the next day. Like you, you do something stupid in the gym and you think that everyone's watching you two minutes later, they're focused on themselves. Like it's, it's people are way too into this thought of rejection because they're afraid of others' opinions when realistically no one's opinions care or matter because like, they're not thinking about you as much as you think they are. Yeah. That, that's a drop the mic. Cause it cannot be more true. We're, we only care about what, what's going on with us. Yeah. And that's that's the truth. And when you hear people, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. My thought is, hey, if you ask that girl out and she says no, you're back to girlfriend less already. <laughs> like, yeah, it, is it what doesn't it is. matter. It's just like we are so – when you think of it in the, like the grand scheme of things, like the universe is so massive. And within that, the earth is this tiny speck within the earth, the you know, United States is this even tinier speck. And then you as a person, it's just like this such a minuscule speck. Like your existence is so little compared to the universe as a whole. And like, yes, you can make a huge impact and, and stuff, but like with the direction I'm going in, in this right now, it means like you getting made fun of or you caring what someone else's opinion, like in the grand scheme of things, it does not matter at all. Yeah. And I, I love how you did that, how you drew out the perspective to the biggest picture you could think of, which is outside of the universe. Um, Because when you get that big picture view, you start to realize pretty quickly, it doesn't matter what I do. (laughs) Man, like, like, like think of it this way. Like so many people, you know, everyone has a time and whether it be like an elementary school or middle school or high school that like, you know, or probably several times that like they either got made fun of or embarrassed themselves or, or like something like that. Like, but like when I say like, Hey man, like, can you name a time in seventh grade that you embarrassed yourself? Like, no, I can't. I mean, personally I can't because like, I mean, like maybe if I really thought hard about it, I could, but like, I can't write off the top of my head. Cause like, it doesn't matter. You don't like who, like who cares? Like that stuff doesn't matter. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's it's something uh, similar to just anything in life. When you focus on the long-term view versus the short-term view, the long-term's where you're going to get those better results. So if 100%. you place yourself... So, so you place yourself in this long-term perspective. You're going out, you're campaigning. How did you get Tulane? Like, what, what ended up happening there on the Aaron um, uh, D1 trip? 
Yeah, man. I mean, that one was, I just, I eventually got in touch with the coaches. You know, I probably sent them several emails and, and eventually they responded back and said they had an interest. And, you know, I just kept following up with them. You know, they said, oh, reach back out after the season or, oh, reach back out now, like whatever. Like most people would stop or forget, you know, it's being super organized. You know, I had a very detailed color coded, like Google sheet of stuff. Like I, I knew yeah. exactly what I was doing and I was following up with people. I was, I was doing what I needed to do. And, you know, eventually came time that I had the opportunity to choose schools and Tulane was one of them. And it came down to like, what school would I be happiest at if God forbid something happened and I couldn't play football anymore. And that's why I chose Tulane because I knew regardless if I was a student athlete or a student, I would have a lot of fun there. Yeah. I think that's one of the most powerful things going into uh, student athletes because I actually went to university of Tampa and I went with lacrosse mm-hmm. and then you realize pretty quickly, Hey, like I might not like the sport. It might not work out for me. This might yeah. not be it. It's got to be the school and the location and the place. So yeah. anyone, uh, yeah. Anyone that's listening that you're trying to decide on a school or even a new job or whatever it is, you got to choose yeah. a place first. And, and the other thing is like never for like people picking like a school, never pick a school based on like the college coach. Like, yes, they could, you know, unless you're literally going to Alabama and like Nick Saban's probably going to be there forever. Like coaches change all the time. So yeah, like never pick it based on just the coach. Yeah. I think that's uh super valuable. So my next thing is your mindset. When you went from your mindset from high school to college, and then we'll do the next one will be college to now. How do you think it's changed? How do you think, D1 versus high school, what was going on? Were you more committed than the other kids? What, what was really happening there? I think the biggest difference between high school and college is the athletic ability and the talent. You know, in high school, it's like kids who are athletes and it's fun. In college, it's kids who are really athletic. Yeah. And it's, it's a huge difference in talent. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was about putting in the same work that I did to get me there because I knew that I was the bottom of the ladder again. And, and so I had to do whatever I could to earn my spot. And it wasn't really any different, just doing the work, earning the respect of my teammates and my coaches and can, you know, continuing to be a part of the team. Yeah. So what were those first couple days like when you get there and they're starting the camp and you're like, oh, God, I'm really I mean, definitely, definitely nervous and scary and hard. But, you know, I think especially as like a long snapper, you're in this kind of small group of like the kickers, punters and snappers. And so, you know, you develop friends really quickly. You know, no matter your position, you know, if you're a wide receiver, you're with the wide receivers. If you're a running back, you're with the running backs. And, and so because of that, you develop those friendships really quickly. And it just makes it a lot easier. You know, you have people there. You're, you're all doing the same things together. It's not, you know, it, it's not like you're on your own. Yeah, I, I like that view because it's, there's a crazy thought where it's like, if this one kid can do it, I can do it. <laughs> oh, 100%. And it's, it's, you have those people right there. So it's, it just makes it easier. Yeah. So going through the years, what kept you committed and then what, what really allowed you to excel, you think? I think just my, my love for playing and being a part of the team and just, you know, I enjoyed it. You know, if it stopped being fun, then maybe I would have stopped playing, but I had fun playing football and I enjoyed it. And yes, it was hard. It was tough. And, and there were a lot of days that, you know, I didn't want to go to practice or I didn't want to get up in the morning or whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, I loved it and giving up wouldn't have been worth sacrificing my team, the games, everything that I had built around me. And, and because of that, you know, just, it's something that if you really love doing it, you're going to keep doing it. 
I think that's a massive distinction where you said giving up. And while most people would say, Hey, I'm just, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. You know what I mean? You put it as like, I'm giving up and I'm not going to like, I, I failed and I, and I don't like that. And, and like, let's, let's, let's put it this way. Like there, there obviously lots of people go to college and play and then stop. And, and I think there's multiple reasons, you know, some people get hurt and can't play anymore. Some people like really lose interest and, you know, don't want to play anymore. I, I, I think there's different reasons people, um, I, I don't know the best word to say here because I don't necessarily want to say quit, but quit or give up or, or, or make a pivot or a different decision. Um, you know, some of them are for the right reasons and some of them aren't, but you know, I think it just depends on the person and if you really love it and enjoy it, then, then you stick with it. Yeah. And it's really like, what do you want to get out of it? So yeah. when you finally got that opportunity on the field, how was that for you? Like during the game? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was incredible. I mean, it was, it was, I had put in all the hard work. I, you know, thought that I was probably going to get that opportunity soon because I had been getting more playing time in practice. My coach had been noticing me, things like that, just based on conversations. And it was just, I knew it was coming and it was incredible. I loved it. It was uh, a great feeling to, you know, really play for the first time and, and you know, see the rewards of, of everything I put in. Yeah. The fruits of your labor. Absolutely. Absolutely. So then post-college comes up, and what's your mindset going into that? Where are you thinking direction-wise? Yeah, so I did my pro day. I talked to some NFL teams. Um, I was an NFL free agent, and you know, as a long snapper, there's one guy per team, and so it's not like there's three quarterbacks or you know three running backs. So it's it's if the guy doesn't get hurt or screw up, they don't get replaced. And I decided I had other offers and opportunities in other areas that I wanted to go into after football. And I just made the pivot, you know, could I have made a team if I had kept trying for the next 12 to, you know, 36 months, maybe, but in my mind, it wasn't worth taking a step back in, in my career and my life and everything I was going to do after, um, I had other things that I wanted to do just as much, if not more. And, and that's why I kind of pivoted. Yeah. So what was that mindset, uh, change for you? That you were like, okay, I'm done with football. Because now you have this huge thing that was so prevalent in your life, whether it was working out, whether mm -hmm. it was going to practice, whether it was being with the team. And now you're like, yeah. it's gone. No, I think it was definitely hard at first in the sense of like, it's just an adjustment. But I think that one thing that more people need to realize and understand is whether it be college athletes or just anyone is, is you know, your, your self-worth shouldn't be tied to anything outside yourself. And so like, way too many former college athletes tie their self-worth to the sport that they played in college, to the notoriety that they had, to the position and standing that they have on campus. And because of that, that causes other issues or depression or things like that post-athletics. And when you can learn to separate your self-worth from that sport or from that thing and realize that like your self-worth is yourself and not that sport, then you can take that into other areas. Yeah, that, that's so powerful. Being to separate yourself from the outcome and not be connected, not identify yourself with a job, not identify yourself with a sport, not identify yourself with a girl, not identify yeah. yourself as I'm Jordan Edwards yeah. and that's who I am and that's that. Man, it's, I, see, I see it all the time. Like So many people go into like investment banking out of college because they think it's cool or they think they're going to make a lot of money or they think like whatever. 
and they hate their lives, but they stick it out because they think they want to make a lot of money or the same thing with like people want to be a doctor or a lawyer because of the status and they, you know, struggle through school and they hate it. And they just like, you know, do it because of that. Well, realistically, like they could make the same money or, or have the same status, like doing something else that they love. And, and, you know, people do things for what they think others will think of them. Yeah. So at what point in your life did you realize that change that you want to just focus on what's important to you and not what anybody else really cares about? Man, I mean, like to a certain extent in high school in the sense of like, I didn't listen to anyone's opinions with football, but like it wasn't a conscious thing back then. I think like, I think I, yeah, like subconsciously I, didn't care about others' opinions and, and, you know, with football and I was going to do what I wanted and and, and same with college, but consciously like understanding it and realizing it and and being able to talk about it and and speak to it. It wasn't until post-college when like the puzzle pieces came together and, and I understood that. And that kind of aligned with when I got more into speaking as well, just like understanding my journey and my path and, and everything going on. Um, Cause it's just nothing that I thought about or, or was exposed to before. And, and now in the world of like entrepreneurship, I surround myself with people who are much more successful than me, much smarter than me, much, you know, whatever in, 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 further along in other areas of life than me. And because of that, I learn from them. I grow from them and I develop these new thoughts and ideas that I wouldn't have had back in college. Yeah. And that's something super important because once you're open to the other perspectives and you're getting around those right people that mold you, because you're going to get molded, whether your friend is, whether your friends are doing nothing, whether your friends are doing everything or whether your friends, whether you have no friends, you're going to get molded by people. And whether that's from audiobooks, podcasts, YouTube videos, the guys on the television, whatever it is, you have to yeah. realize that everybody around you is going to mold oh, yeah. you in some oh, capacity. Yeah. Like I think, and the issue is too many people are afraid of that. So like, you know, if you hang out with a lot of people who are very successful and make a lot of money, most of the time people will be intimidated and not want to hang around them and stop hanging with them and, and go to their other group of friends. Now what I do and what successful people generally do is I'm around people all the time who make a lot more money than me or a lot more successful than me or a lot smarter than me. And it's intimidating. Don't, don't get me wrong. And I want to be where they are, but I learn from them and I grow from them because like at the end of the day, if you hang around with people who are lazy and don't do anything all day, you're going to act more and more like them. Or if you hang out with guys who like have six, seven, eight figure companies, and you know are on track to do incredible things you're going to be more and more like them as well yeah so that is definitely something so important you need to realize who you're surrounding yourself with and that has to reach the awareness level of i've made the choice strategically that i want to be around this person this person that doesn't mean it's your friends but it just means be aware and and kind of going on that like one thing i want people to get across people is like that success and, and everything I was talking about. And I think it came off in a very like monetary way when I said that of like hanging around people who, you know, or have maybe like six, seven, eight for your companies. Whereas like money doesn't define success. Money is a piece of success, but like you could be the richest person in the world and be fat and out of shape and have terrible relationships and not be successful. You know, like when I say I hang around with people a lot more successful than me, some of those people make a lot more money than me. 
but they also have, you know, they're in great shape because they work out every day. They have great relationships. They, you know, do all the right things in other areas of their life because it's not like one-sided. Like if you have great relationships, but you know, you make no, no money and you're out of shape, you're not successful. You make a lot of money and you, you know, aren't in any good relationships and you know, are out of shape, you're not successful. It's, it's a combination of so many things. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the most important things. And that's why I started Edwards Consulting because I based it off personal development, which is like, like mental health, physical health, uh, community involvement, philanthropy, uh, relationships, whether it's business, love, whatever it is, and then spirituality. So those five pillars. And if you start gauging yourself on those pillars, like, Hey, mentally, I'm feeling like a nine today. I'm working out too. I'm doing this. It'll, but you can even have mentors in each of those subsets. You know what I mean? Like someone's great in the community and they're donating a ton of money. Awesome. How'd you do that? Or you got a spiritual leader that you're like connected with and you might not have that much money. And it's just, yeah. I think one thing that, that people, um, oftentimes shy away from and, and it just helps to, to boost your success is the whole thing of like paying for coaches. And so I, I'm a big fan of, of, of paying to learn and paying to get ahead because, you know, I know like we got introduced, I, th- I think by Jeff Lips, correct? Yep. Yeah. So like I work with Jeff on a lot of stuff and you know, there's other people like him. I work with my friend, Sam, who's, you know, a, an expert kind of in, in systems building and growth marketing. I work with a couple people, Brody Kern and Julian Rosen on stuff. Like it just, there's a bunch of people I work with that I learn from that I've paid because they're further along than I am in certain areas. And by working with them, instead of taking 10 years to get to one place, maybe I'll get there in one year. And it just, you know, it's, it's, it's incredible. I started working with Jeff in January, for example. And at the time we were trying to expand my speaking business, get my name out there more. And then one of the things is like over COVID it was definitely harder to get more paid gigs. And so one of the things we did was we said, why don't we do some, you know, a couple Ted talks to get your name out there more, get that on your resume. And so we set out and we were like, let's get, let's get 10. I mean, not 10, sorry, two Ted talks. No, let's get two within like three months. Now I've done seven and I might have 10 by the end of the year. Like it's, it's, and I'm not going past that because you know, that's just, there's no need, but like, I wouldn't have, we came up with a formula, we came up with a strategy and I'm going to publish it later this year on how to actually do that. But like, I wouldn't have figured that out on my own within a three month time frame. It would have taken me so much longer. So like, I, like the money I spent to work with him, just like, it's, it's so worth it. Yeah. And you wouldn't, you also wouldn't have had that. A lot of the time you don't even have that idea. Right? Mm-hmm. Who would have, I wouldn't thought? have, I wouldn't have, I don't think I would have like we, like his idea was doing Ted talks, not mine. Because it just, it, it, it's like, it looks good on your resume. People like it. Like, I, I think that I, I'm pretty sure that was his idea, not mine. And so it just, yeah. it's, it's amazing. And it doesn't even matter whose idea it was. It was from that conversation you had with him that it came up, that it was like, I'm ready for Ted talks. Honestly, Eric, I looked, I was watching uh, your Ted talk with the Berkeley regarding the 25th hour. And I was like, mm-hmm. holy smokes, how do you get a Ted talk? That yeah. is the first thing I thought, like, it's a legitimizer yeah, and, for sure. And, and most of them, just so people, uh, depending on when this comes out, you know, I said it's on seven. Um, I think only like maybe two of them are out because I've literally done seven in like the past two months. 
So yeah. if you Google and try and find them, you're not going to find all seven right now. Um, yeah. But like I did two like last week. So yeah. <laughs> just so people know. But um, yeah, no, it's 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 definitely tricky to figure out how to do it. But once you figure it out, like it's definitely easier than most people think. And, and because of that, we're going to come out like that was also like Jeff and from Jeff and I's conversation, like we're going to be coming up with a tool to share with people and, and show how I did it. And like, I wouldn't have thought of, of that without, you know, working with Jeff. Like it's just, there's so many things that are going to put me further ahead than I, I would have been without working with him. And that that's one of the best things because usually what happens if it all goes well, in the coaching dynamic, then you'll partner up on another project or do exactly. something together in some capacity because you guys like each other. You've yeah, already no. broken the barrier down. And now yeah. it's just, we're hanging out. We're yeah. going to try to make some money together. Exactly. And like so many of the people that I work with, you know, particularly him and, and my friend, Sam, like they started off as a business relationship and it's developed into in, incredible friendships. And, and, you know, we do things together in, in certain capacities and it just, it's uh it's a super interesting space. And when you go into it and you don't think of it as just a transaction and you think of it as a relationship, it can be so much more than just paying someone to help you. Yeah. And I think that's the barrier for a lot of people. Cause I invested in my first like big time mastermind during COVID. And I was like, how am I going to pay for this? What am I going to do? But then you hop into it and you're like, everyone's a rock star. Yeah. Like everyone's a rock star in some capacity. And like that, that ability to coach, like you're saying, and get coached accelerates you exponentially. Oh, 100%. And it, and it really opens to your eyes. And meanwhile, you probably told people and a lot of your like close family and friends are like, you're crazy. <laughs> That's the classic you're wasting your money. There's no reason for it. Why would you do that? The classics, yeah. you know what I mean? Most, most people think coaching and consulting and, and things like that is dumb. And, you know, in five years when, you know, I'm extremely successful, I'll be laughing. Like it's, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's it, is, even, it is what it is. It's even as easy as like you, you have the, you have the Ted talks yeah. and you get congratulations from them. Hey, I wouldn't have done the Ted talks without this guy. Yeah. Yeah, no, Jeff, I wouldn't be doing TED Talks. Yeah. So that's uh, super powerful. So let's dive into the quick one about the 25th hour. 100%. What is the 25th hour? Why is it important? What's time currency? Explain all that. Yeah. So, you know, with every TED Talk, they give you a topic. And, and so their topic was the 25th hour. And, you know, essentially they were – the way they phrased it is they wanted to know if you had a 25th hour in the day, what would you do with it? And so – after talking with Jeff again, you know, we crafted, we, we crafted my idea and we decided to turn it around on them. Instead of saying, you know, what would we do with the 25th hour? We talked about how you shouldn't need a 25th hour. You should, instead of focusing on finding more time, focus on your time being your currency and too many people let their time waste away and don't time block, don't plan, aren't strategic. And because of that, they, they, they want a 25th hour. They want more time in the day. But if you're truly strategic and you truly know what you're doing and how to time work and how to focus and how to get things done, you don't need that extra time because it's all on your schedule and, and you're, you're, you're planned and you're ready and you have to treat your time as your currency, as your money, because you'll eventually learn most people, most people start off valuing their money more than their time. And then when they make money, 
they realize that their time is, is more valuable than their money. But if you can learn early on that your time is more valuable than your money when you're 20 instead of when you're 40, then so many more doors open up and you can be so much more successful because you learn that idea at an age. Yeah, I, it, it's so powerful because one of the main things I did going through school and just once you graduate and all of that, you sit there and you go, all right, how was my day? What did my day entail? What was the most beneficial of my day? And usually you always put, I would always put working out that one hour that made me feel good. You know what I mean? You never cat, or maybe it was like the studying for the test. And, and what I realized quickly, it was everything that's long-term, everything that's long-term with intent. So like this podcast is long-term with intent. We, Aaron, I, I don't know what would happen to our relationship afterwards. We might talk, we might not talk. It doesn't matter. Because this conversation is cemented in time, in which case it will be produced and put out to everyone long term. But we have to sit down here for this hour and make the most out of this time. Yeah, and, and so many things can lead to that. Like I've I've built great friendships through podcasts. You know, I'm potentially going into a, a, a sort of business relationship through one. We'll see. You know, I, I I kind of met Jeff through a podcast as, as well. Like it just it's there's so many things that can happen through the relationships and, and valuing them and, and understanding that concept. So you're completely right there. Absolutely. And for you with podcasts, I looked, you started, you started at last year, right? Yeah. So I started in July um, after going on a lot of others and it's uh, you know, it's, it's been fun. I actually haven't posted the past couple of weeks. I've had a lot of other stuff happening and moving and I just, you know, it's, it's, taking a back seat. Um, I will probably be posting again this week or next week uh, again, consistently, but you know, for the most part, it's very consistent and it's enjoyable and it's, you know, really for networking purposes for me. Um, that being said, you know, it's, it's definitely not a top priority thing for me, but it's, it's used for networking and, and that's what I like about it. Yeah. And how old are you again? 24, right? Uh, 25. 25. Okay. Same age here. Um, I think the coolest thing about the podcast, cause I started at the same time as you, I think one of the coolest things is that when we're like 75 and they go, Oh, what's grandpa Aaron? Like check go out the podcast with this yeah. guy. Yeah. Cause it's your mindset at this specific time on six, yep. seven, 2021. And they're going to be like, what was 2021? Like what was COVID? <laughs> and yeah, it's just it's so true it's incredible. And you just recorded these and you're like, I don't know where they're going to go, but I got relationships that I'll have forever. So it is what it is. hundred percent. And it allows you to pick out whoever you want to meet too, which is really cool. Yeah, no, it's opened so many doors for me and it leads to incredible things and you never know what will happen. So. Absolutely. So I think one of the biggest things about podcasting is that it's the outside reach because we get stuck in our circle so often and we don't continue to expand. So mm -hmm. having a podcast, you got to pretty much bring on new people. Do you have a hundred friends? Maybe, but you got to go meet people. Yeah. And, and I think one thing with podcasts is, is some people, especially in the beginning, and, and I did this in the beginning too, like you get wrapped up with like how many people are listening or watching or what are your numbers like? And I'll be honest with you. I haven't looked at how many people listen to my podcast in like probably six months because I don't care. 
Like I genuinely don't care. It doesn't matter to me. Like it's, it's, it's about the networking aspect and I bring on individuals that I can potentially form friendships and business relationships with. And, and, you know, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter to me if one person listens to the episode or, you know, 10,000, it's, it doesn't matter. Absolutely. And one of the coolest things, because we're not going to sit here and say podcast, because the main thing is that we get to have a discussion and then the audience can take away from that, which I think is super cool as well. But I do agree that, that the podcast is the front for what can really be possible on the inside. Mm -hmm. So for you, I, I know you talk about that. You're grateful for being blind, legally blind. Where does that come from? And I think it's just a realization of like, if I had full vision, who knows where I would be? I wouldn't have had the same experiences, the same outcomes, the same relationships. Like, I don't know if I would have played division one football because I wouldn't have found long snapping. I wouldn't have done that. I probably would have wanted to be a quarterback or a wide receiver or something. And, and you know, who knows? I'm, I am athletic and I might've been able to play at the division, division one level, or I might not have been able to, I, no one knows. And, and because of that, my life would be extremely different. And so, you, you know, I'm thankful for the life I have and, and for everything that's that's come to me so far and excited for the future. Amazing. Yeah, I know because gratitude is such a powerful uh, thing because when you're grateful, you can't really be angry, which is awesome. And I just yeah. wanted to understand where that all came from for you. Yeah. Um, awesome, man. So what what's the, fo- what's the focus down the line? What are we going to see in the future from you? I know you got a man. lot going on, but what are we going to see? <laughs> man, I mean, like, my two biggest things are like, I'm an entrepreneur in the finance space. I'm a speaker, you know, I'm working on my first book and, you know, things like that, but just, just a bunch of stuff around those. And, and you never know what the future holds in the future, but really those are kind of the main things and main focuses. And, and, you know, if I were to say two, two main things right now, it's, it's focused on growing my finance business and focusing on growing my speaking business. And, you know, when I have time, I, I, I do the book and, and things like that. I love it. I love it. Awesome. So what do you want to leave this audience with? One takeaway for them that they should do. Let's do something that they could do today that would make them live a more empowered life. I think first off, take a, take a deep look, deep look at yourself and your thoughts and your feelings and understand that like a lot of people are putting too much weight on, on others' thoughts and opinions and really realize that as soon as you can break free of that and, and understand that others' opinions don't matter and don't affect you in the long run, then you'll, be more successful, be happier, be more fulfilled, just live a much more enjoyable life. And and as soon as you can kind of break out of that mentality, you'll just, you'll just enjoy life better. And so, you know, really, really think about that and think about why you are afraid of rejection or why you care about someone's opinion and, and focus it on that and do whatever you can to break free of it. And, you know, if you ever need help, you never need anything like reach out to me through social media always happy to chat. You know, I, I will, I respond to messages. Doesn't mean it's going to be the you know first hour, but at some point I will respond. Yeah. Awesome, Aaron. I really appreciate the time. This was amazing. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for reaching the end of the podcast for that. We'll give you a complimentary coaching session in the link below with Edwards consulting. Hope to see you there and have a great day and keep clocking in. Thank you for reaching the end of the podcast. For that, 
We'll give you a complimentary coaching session in the link below with Edwards Consulting. Hope to see you there and have a great day and keep clocking in.